Bank Top is supported by McRae Financial Services. Financial planning for every stage of life. Visit mcraefs.co.uk. More details on McRae a little later. Now, let's roll on with our chat. Eilish, thanks very much indeed for joining me on Mic'd Up. I know you're away again, so we're not actually face-to-face -face on this occasion. You're at a training camp in Europe. It sound, sounds glamorous, but what's life really like for a, a professional athlete? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly not the glamorous life that I think most people think we have. Um, a lot of our, I mean, we probably travel 11 months of the year, so we're living out of a suitcase all the time. I'm just very fortunate. My my partner, Michael, was an athlete himself. He's a three-time Olympian, and um, we've now just committed to to travel together. So he's retired now and just put all of his efforts into um, looking after me and making sure that uh, we're just in the best possible location for training. But those locations aren't, yeah, the most glamorous places in the world. It really is just living in a, a little studio apartment, a very basic studio. Uh, we don't have any Wi-Fi here. We have good enough phone signals, so it's not too bad. But um, yeah, it's certainly not the sort of fine dining restaurants or um, five-star hotels, I think, that, that people just assume that athletes are in. There's a lot of travel, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of not ever seeing the sights like you never see anywhere, uh, which is a shame. So every holiday we have two weeks off a year and we really just try to see somewhere we've never been before. This year we went to Seychelles in Egypt and that was brilliant. Just seeing somewhere that I've never raced, I've never trained. I always wanted to go to Egypt. So, yeah, I'm very glad we did it. But it must be worth it. You must you must absolutely love running. What do you love about it? I'm very, very grateful that I get to do something that I do love. Um Obviously, there's days where it's it's hard and you don't feel motivated to get out the door. But this is a job to me now. So it is you just have to suck it up and get it done when the days you don't want to do it. Um, but I always have to remember, yeah, how lucky I am to do something that is a passion, that is was a hobby of mine and now is a full time job. So I think the downsides uh, are, are obviously challenging. It's a lot of time away from family and friends. I've missed every single one of my friends' weddings. Uh, just key milestones of, of people's lives that you're just not there for. And that's definitely the hardest part. But at the same time, I know that this is what I need to do in order to perform at the highest level. And um, yeah, I think those sort of sacrifices are, are made worthwhile when, when I do go home and, you know, I see my wee granny has cut out all the bits of the paper of me and, and how sort of proud she is of me. That gives me that sort of drive and that motivation to go, okay, we're doing this for this reason. So, yeah, I'm very lucky to be in this opportunity and to to travel the world and to do something that I love. Uh, but it obviously takes a, a few sacrifices along the way. Running was in your bones, though, wasn't it? There was no way you couldn't not run, being from the family that you're actually from. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but I have uh, three brothers and a sister, and, and none of them run, so... Um, yeah. I think people just assume that, yeah, because my mom and dad were runners, that our whole family, I mean, from the womb, that we would just be training. And that's just not the case at all. Like, my mom and dad uh, always shied me away from the sport. They wanted me to make my own decisions. So I tried all uh, all events. I tried, um, I did high jump, javelin. Uh, I did swimming. I went to 
badminton or yeah badminton the local leisure center I went honestly I did all sports but it was running was the one that I loved the most and my mom and dad let my brothers and sisters make those same decisions and they don't enjoy it they don't have the same passion or find the same enjoyment that I do from running so yeah although my parents are runners I don't think it was always destined to be a, a foreseen sort of conclusion that I would that I would run and I guess they wanted you to come round to the decision yourself rather than than to push you. Yeah, my mom never wanted to be a like a pushy mom. Um, she said she saw that happen, and she just didn't didn't like that at all. She wanted me to make my own decisions and for me to go along the club to the club because I wanted to. So I begged her to let me join Dundee Hockle Harriers, and then um, I, I begged her to sort of start coaching us, and she said that she always wanted it to be my choice. Um, and I think that's why I enjoy it to this day. I never felt pressured to do it. I never felt like I had to do it. Um, even throughout university and stuff, for me, running was just a hobby. It wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't an elite athlete. I still went to training every every couple of days and still did all the, the program, but it wasn't forced in any way. Like I lived like a student. I lived like everyone else did. Um, a lot of people didn't know that I, I run. A lot of people in my course didn't have no clue that I would run because I was out partying with them and just being a typical student. So my mum was never, ever pressurising me into do that. She said, if you want to come back to athletics and take it seriously, then I'll always be here to to help you and support you. But if it's not for you, it's it's not for you. And of course, you did come back to it, but perhaps you and you tried different different disciplines within athletics um, before finding what you what you really wanted to do. And that's it's still evolving and still changing as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's really important for younger athletes to to try everything um, and also to re- recognize that just because you don't break records and win races when you're 12, 13, like it has no bearing on what you can do as an adult. I got my first GB vest when I was 21 years of age. And yet I joined the club probably when I was 11 or 12. So it took 10 years for me to to make a GB team. And then it took a further 10 years to, to win a uh, an international medal at the Commonwealth Games. So it doesn't happen overnight. And I think it's just trying to find what you enjoy the most. Um, and when you enjoy something, you'll stick at it. You'll stick at it when it gets tough. You'll stick at it when times get hard because you love it and because you're passionate about it. And I think that's why I'm, I am where I am today. I've never stopped. I've never quit. I've kept going. I've kept plugging away. Um, and it's finally paid off at the age of 31 now. Um, I feel like I'm getting stronger every year. And now is for me is the, the next chapter, moving to the roads, trying something a little different. It's a new challenge. It's the unknown, but... Um, I'm really excited by it. It's something different for me to really get stuck into. How do you cope with setbacks, injuries, things not going according to plan? Because your training can be going as well as as anything and then something can just happen and you have to be able to to cope with that. How how difficult is that mentally and where do you get that strength? Um, I think all athletes have to be prepared for that. Like there's never going to be a straight line to success. You're always going to get injured. There's always going to be injuries and illnesses. Um, And I've had a lot of setbacks, I think, in the early parts of my career. When I first started making GB teams, it was very quickly followed by a huge setback. I completely shattered uh, my left foot. and have five screws and a metal plate in there from from a surgery. I then had another surgery on the same foot uh, two years later for another two screws in there. So I think those early major setbacks, career-threatening injuries – were really what's made me into the person I am today. I feel far stronger knowing that 
when I stand on the start line now, I want to make it worth it. I want to make it worth it for all those years that I spent injured or sick or coming back from something, battling my way back. I think there's always um, barriers to overcome. There's always going to be challenges, but there's no reason why you can't bounce back from those, learn from the mistakes and become stronger for that. So that certainly is something that I feel now. I felt I've learned from mistakes I've made in my career. I've learned from mistakes that my mom's made in her career, my dad, my partner, Michael, like learning from their mistakes and how to avoid those making those same mistakes um, has been really crucial. And so I think you just develop a stronger mindset, perhaps from, yeah, from, from what you've been through yourself, but certainly from being around other people as well. Like my mom is a huge uh, role model for me and I know firsthand how hard she trained, how determined, how focused, how driven she was and the mindset that she had to be successful. And I think part of that's probably rubbed off on me too. And it's that never give up um, attitude. But when, when you're on the starting line, especially this summer, did did you feel... Did you feel it was going to work out? Did you feel good? Did you do you know before you start to race that that you're you're this this could be it? Yeah, I mean you rely on so many things on the day. You need your body to feel good. You need uh, it to be good weather, a good time of the month. Uh, there's so many yeah. different things. I mean, as a female athlete, that things really need to come together in order to to perform well and. Um, I had just come back from an illness which had really hampered my performance at the World Championships. I'd had laryngitis. Um, and then from the back of that, I picked up a hamstring injury. So I sort of went into the Commonwealth Games really with a lot of fire in my belly because I had been disappointed at what I, how I'd performed out there. And I knew that if I could get my body healthy and feeling good again, that all of the training, all the fitness, like it was there. I just needed it to to come out. So I was confident going into that race, but I still had a little bit of doubt in my mind as to, yeah, was I totally over the illness? Was the hamstring all okay now? Like there was, uh, yeah, still a few few doubts there. But again, I think I get a lot of confidence from other people. And my partner, Michael, is a, a huge confidence booster for me. I think he's with me at every training session. Uh, he's on the bike every day with me. And just having someone there that reinforces that sort of positivity and, reinforces how well your training's going or your fitness it's it's nice to have that and that certainly helps feed my confidence because I think I'm not the most confident of people I never have been I certainly uh it takes a good couple of months to for that to build and for it to for me to feel confident so I think I do rely on that perhaps from from others how training's going um I need consistency that's very important to me and I sort of lacked a little bit of that this summer uh, just with the illness but again I think you know from training how well things are going and I, I knew it was there uh, I think the boost from the crowd made a big big difference as well I felt super nervous going into that race I hadn't been nervous in a very long time uh, the crowd the noise the everything about it was just far bigger than anything I had I had done um, in a long time we'd gone from no crowds with the pandemic to then finding myself at home Commonwealth Games so it really was a special evening I think the pressure of knowing my mum was there as well my dad all my family in the stands like that really made me want it I really wanted to win a medal I didn't even mind to be honest what colour medal I just wanted to win a medal for for Scotland and for my family 
Does Michael do a lot of your videos? Because you've got some great videos on social media in, in various locations. And um, does he, he, he help you with all that too? Yeah, obviously we, we've now, for the, since the pandemic, actually, we, we got stuck abroad and um, training just started to go so much better when I when I was away and um, when we were together. So we decided then to to make a commitment that we'd commit and go all in and just travel and go to locations that were best for my training, which most of the time is, is altitude locations. So, um, yeah, he's a huge help with regards to obviously he's on the bike with me every day. He's pacing me in sessions, but he also helps with the social media side of things. I have some brilliant brand partners that I work alongside, but a lot of those require uh, social posts and videos. And um, Michael's brilliant at being able to help me do that. So what you see on my social media is really my actual training. It's not staged. It's not uh, rehearsed or just done just for uh, social media. It really is just me going for a run, me doing my track session um, and Michael just snapping away and taking videos th throughout that. So it's easier for me then because it allows me to just crack on with my training. Um, I don't have these extra distractions. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot more organic and I'm very fortunate that I have him helping me do that. If it was me just on my own, I'd have to stage it up and set it up and try and take all the pictures and images myself. And it's it's not not easy to do that when you're trying to train as well. So um, yeah, I'm very, very lucky that he is uh, a master of all trades. He does a whole, <laughs> a whole host of things. He's very useful, isn't he? He's really useful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very, very lucky Like to have effectively have my best friend with me 24 hours of every single day it's it's unusual like not everyone um people find that a little bit strange the amount you always, of time get, on, you always get on yeah honestly like I'm very chilled out I'm I'm not um the most sort of high maintenance of people and Michael is even more laid back than than I ever am so um we would never ever argue I don't know what we could possibly argue about um so yeah, it's just very easy. It's very relaxed. It then makes me feel much more relaxed because my environment is chilled out. So if training is going hot, bad or I am sick or there's external stresses, it's nice to have someone there that, that just is chilled out and just doesn't let things like that affect them. It definitely helps me then relax a little bit more. And um, I feel I, I don't miss home as much either because home is, he's home, like, wherever I am in the world, like he's with me. And I don't feel then that I miss being in our house and being together or anything. It was much harder when I would spend four weeks entirely on my own in the little studio apartment. That was far harder than than doing it together. Tackling challenges together, whatever they might be. You, you know, and social media is great for a lot of things, but it, it, there can be some negative sides to it. I mean, how, how, do, you ha how do you handle that side of things? Um, I think you have to take like the the bad with the good. I think the social media is a great way to connect to younger athletes and the younger generation. And when I was growing up, like I would have loved to have contacted Paula Radcliffe or Kelly Holmes at the the touch of a button. And now kids have the opportunity to do that. And I have so many youngsters message for advice or tips or anything. Um, but at the same time, it also leads you to be open to trolling. Um, and that's something I deal with on a on a daily basis, um, mainly about my appearance, my weight, um, 
being a bad role model for young girls. Like it just goes on and on and it's every single day. Um, I've been able to limit a little bit on Instagram because you can block like certain words and, and things like that. Um, but it's not so much it affects me because I think like I'm 31. I really don't care now about the way I look. Uh, this is me. Like I'm always going to have a, a boyish frame. I'm always going to be tall. I'm always going to look like a beanpole. Like I have done since I was 12 years old. So it, it really does not affect me. But I think it's important for the younger generation to see someone call it out and to say, well, actually, this isn't acceptable. There is no need for um, someone sitting behind a keyboard to make an appear a comment on another female's appearance when they know nothing about them. It's damaging, I think, as well for youngsters to see comments like that under maybe a picture of me, because then I worry that they make the connotation that Maybe I am sick. Maybe I am starving myself. Maybe I am anorexic. When actually, that's could not be further removed from the truth. And so I want young kids to realise, especially young girls, like, although I'm lean and although I'm skinny, this is my natural body shape. Like, I am always going to be this shape. It's healthy for me. Um, I still take a period every month. I'm in good energy balance. Uh, I have to fuel my body correctly in order to compete for the last 10 years at elite level. Like that does not happen if you fuel yourself, uh, you don't fuel yourself correctly. So for me, standing up to trolls is like, I'm not going to do it every single day, but every so often I will call it out. And I think it's important to do so. And since doing that, I've had so many, again, young boys and girls message me to say, I don't know, they're bullied at school or they're bullied at university. And it's, yeah, it's horrible to hear that. But if it gives them a little bit of strength to sort of realize that actually even elite athletes have to deal with bullying from time to time, um, then yeah, hopefully it helps them to stand up and be strong against it too. I know you and Michael have the charity as well. Is this something you you look at in the charity, um, the, this aspect of, 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 of young, young athletes and what they might have to go through? Yeah, I mean, I have a different, different parts of uh, what we've set up at Giving Back to Track. There's two sort of pillars of support. One is community athletics, so encouraging uh, young kids to try athletics for there not to be a financial barrier. So we have like a free after-school club uh, for kids in Dundee and then we have five bursaries at the local club Dundee Aqua Harriers so that again finances aren't a barrier to just trying athletics um, they, it covers their club fees and their track fees so they don't have to worry uh, about covering any of that um, and then the second element of that is supporting young female athletes in Scotland uh, and that is more of a yeah, mentor mentorship type thing Um they have a direct line to me so they can speak to me whenever they need to. Um, we have like, I've set up free sort of little webinars essentially, like over a Zoom call um, with key athletes that they would like to speak to. So I've asked the girls directly, like what athletes inspire them? Who would they like to speak to? One of those um, webinars was with an athlete um, about periods and menstruation. So opening up that discussion um, and also this athlete had suffered from uh, disordered eating when she was younger. So it was a really insightful for the girls to see that, how that can affect someone in later life. Um, so I think that was really useful. And, and I think t things like that are, are great. Getting the young girls chatting about things that are maybe seen as taboo or they're a little bit scared to ask their coaches or their parents. They have like a, 
an open discussion and a private area to be able to ch chat about that. Um, and then we help support them with like, I think it's a thousand pounds uh, towards their like travel costs or training costs. And then we cover a package that is like shoes and clothes from ASICS, a watch from Polar, um, different little bits and pieces that uh, me as a professional athlete receives. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, I, I give out to the young girls. So essentially they're professional athletes, but um, yeah, getting that opportunity. What does Ailish McCoggan do to uh, switch off when she's allowed? Um, to be honest, that's probably my the the thing I find hardest. Um, because we have so much going on. Obviously, I have my own training. We have the not for profit. My myself and Michael run our own online coaching business as well. Um, coaching runners from from all over the world. So, it's it's difficult to have time. In all honesty, um. This is my downtime <laughs> right now. Oh, so, no, I won't keep you much longer. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's definitely an area for me that I find um, challenging and something I definitely need to work on a little bit more with making sure that I am recovering from training. I'm taking time to just mentally uh, switch off because I, I really don't. I just keep going to the next, to the next thing, to the next thing. Um so yeah, it's a it's a work in progress. Uh, I take two weeks off every year where we go on holiday, um, and that for me is two weeks off of, yeah, just not thinking about training, not planning training, not thinking about head. Um, it just as I said, we go somewhere we've never been before. We try to travel to different places. Egypt, we were just knocking around so many different places, sightseeing, and and just being a, a normal tourist. Uh, and that for me is my downtime. Those two weeks off are, are really important to me. But you are um, better, you are better at enjoying yourself, uh, enjoying your success than your mum was, because my mum was very. Um, on to the next training session wasn't she but you know have you managed to kind of relax a bit and enjoy some of your success is what I'm trying to say um yeah possibly only just the last 12 days because I've squeezed okay. um I squeezed everything into those 12 days so um award ceremonies uh corporate talks uh sponsor events school talks I just did it all within 12 days because I I'm just building back training. Um, so I had my two-week holiday and this is a phase where training is less restrictive. I'm not having to follow like a set schedule. So I'm a little bit more flexible. And and to be honest, I did that because I'm uh, fourth planning next year because I know that if I don't squeeze it into those 12 days, then events start to creep into April, May, June, July. And that's really when I need to be focused on my athletics. So um, I suppose I'm perhaps a little bit more forward thinking than my mum. My mum would just say no and just do nothing at all. Uh, whereas I've crammed it into 12 days, knowing that I can then have a full season of 2023 where I don't have to worry about things. So it's been a little bit hectic and a little bit chaotic, um, but it's definitely been worth it. I, I wouldn't say I've had a real chance to sit and really think about this summer. I've had like one day with my granny, 30 minutes here and there with my dad. Like I haven't quite oh. had the chance to to really think about it. But um, Christmas, I have a full week at Christmas where I'll still be training, but I'll be back in Scotland seeing my family then. So that for me is something that I'm really looking forward to now and really like that's driving me through this next phase of training, knowing that the week of Christmas, I can really be around my family and have a look at my medals and show them my medals as well. And just, um, yeah, have a bit of downtime. Do you like getting dressed up? 
Um, to be honest, I'm running out of clothes. I didn't have many. <laughs> I wondered that, your wardrobe. It's going to take a bit of a hammering over the next yeah. few weeks. I mean, I'm obviously not used to wearing anything other than trainers, so that's certainly been a, a change. I don't enjoy that at all. I used to at university, I loved wearing heels at uni, but now it's a struggle. So um, it has been nice to obviously, um, yeah, get dressed up with, with my Colin Goten Awards ceremony. But again, it's been very rushed. I wouldn't say that we've had the time to like really enjoy it. Uh, the Scottish Athletics Awards were great on Saturday night, but as soon as it finished, we were straight into a taxi to drive an hour to Edinburgh for a 6am flight the next morning. Um, so it's, I don't feel I've had the chance to, um, yeah, to maybe fully enjoy it and fully embrace the evening, but it is nice to get dressed up every now and again and just to be out of, uh, out of running clothes for, for a few hours. I do get the feeling that everybody's you, you're getting on the next bus all the time. You're not waiting for you're not going. There's, there's a bus going past. Oh, just you, you have to get on that next bus and you're running and running and running and chasing and chasing and chasing. Um, but that's just the way, way it is. Yeah, I think that's probably the mindset of a lot of athletes. You're on to the next race, on to the next competition. We have a really big year coming up, 2023, with uh, London Marathon for me, and then the World Championships are in that summer too. So you're always just very wary of the next competition. And uh, athletics is a very, or sport in general, is very fickle. Like you can have a great season and you could have win all these medals in the next year you could be injured and completely forgotten about. So it's very up and down. I think you just have to take your moments when you can, but you can't get too complacent. And um, yeah, I'm just very motivated now for, for the next season and what, what lies ahead. Well, there's a lot of support, big support in Scotland uh, for you, as you well know, and everybody's been talking about you over the last the last few months and everybody is so proud of you. And we all feel, we all feel we've got a bit of you uh, because you're Scottish. So it's just brilliant what, what you've done and we cannot wait to see uh, what's in store next year. And I think you've won over so many people from other sports and from, from not even in sport. Um, and, and that's a great, that's a great thing to be able to do. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, it has been really special. As I said, the support from everyone, not even just in Scotland, but the whole of the UK, but more obviously when I go home, it, it really is. Um, it's pretty special and it's, very overwhelming when you go for a run and people are waving at you and cheering and um it's nice it's very very nice and I just feel very very grateful as I said like not a lot of athletes get the chance to have their moment and uh, there's a lot of downs along the way in in sport and you can train your whole whole life and and not have a moment like I did this summer and for me even if I go on to win uh, a global medal uh, a world medal or Olympic medal I don't think I'll ever feel like I did that evening in Birmingham at the Commonwealth Games for me that that was it that was the the moment so I feel yeah very very lucky and very very grateful um to have to have had that brilliant thank you thank you Eilish I know I've gone on a bit longer but I just love talking no, no, no. I feel, always feel so motivated when I hear, hear athletes and and having interviewed athletes and sports people for over 25 years including your mum um, the mindset doesn't change, you know, the mindset of any athlete and the drive. Yeah, it's a little bit full on, but we have a good, um, I have 10 days here in, in France now where we'll we'll train before we've got a few more other little things. But um, yeah, it's just been the last 
last 12 days has been very, very full on. But as I said, it's forward planning. So 2023 can be a little bit, um, well, nope. it'll be training, but yeah, not, not all the, any of the other stuff. Keep, keep that, I hope the training through the winter goes well. Um, and we'll hopefully you. catch you when you're next back. Well, who knows? I'll feel I'll be Thank running you. after you. I did once chase Usain Bolt for an interview and I, <laughs> and I caught him. <laughs> That's my Love point. That. Listen, thank you, Leif. Thanks for doing that. And no I'll... problem at all. Love Good luck with everything. You. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mike Top is supported by award-winning financial planners, McRae Financial Services. They offer top-quality financial advice in a friendly and straightforward manner at every stage of life. With a focus on great customer service, whether you're thinking about funding your retirement or buying your first home, why not get in touch today? Visit mccrayfs.co.uk to find out more. Meanwhile, keep an eye and an ear out for the next episode of Mike Top with me, Alison Walker. Thanks for listening. <laughs>